love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? My sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. And this is episode 184, recording live on a on December 6, 2022, the Detroit Lions put a beat down on the Jags with an incredible start to finish performance. Uh, we'll talk about that and how good the Lions were and how important the remaining six games are. Um, maybe maybe playoffs? Maybe we'll talk some playoffs. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Michigan gets to 13-0 with their back-to-back Big Ten Championship uh, victory. We'll discuss the game and the four-team playoff matchups. Uh, we will make our picks against the spread in our betting hero segment. And, of course, we will drink and review some Michigan craft beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know what you're sipping on tonight and be part of the conversation as well. We'll read your comments, all that good stuff, and, and yeah, get you part of the show here. Um, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports, and BettingHero.com helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I'm Sam Wolfhart. With me today is John Dornboss. You're going to say hi or you're just going to say hi? Oh, you got to get the... What's going on with this microphone? Uh, the two musketeers. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, we kind of do this thing ourselves nowadays. I don't know. It's just it's getting... Well, it's just a little more beer for us to drink. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. That's a good point. So Ryan has, has a work meeting, uh, work dinner, he said, and then Micah and Carrie, it's actually their... Uh, 15 year anniversary today, so they are celebrating that. So shout out to Micah and listener Carrie, who's always comment. I'm, I'm, we're not going to get many comments, I'm sure. I'm assuming they're doing something more important than listening to the podcast. Maybe we'll get one or two throughout. Maybe, the night. yeah. You never know. You never know. But congratulations to them. Yeah, 15, 15 years. Then that's a long time. That is a long time. Man, where does where does the time go? I, yeah, for real. Bunch of kids running around. That's probably where most of it goes. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but what were uh, what was I going to do? I don't even remember. I think we just get into our. How how was your couple weeks? You were gone last week, right? Or were you here last week? I was here last week. You were here last week. With yeah, Ryan. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was me, you, and Ryan. Yep. I can't keep it straight anymore. I know. How was your week? Well, I feel like we get a random just dropping, you know. For yeah. The at the end of the day, but no. uh, so far good. Yeah. Just busy working, like uh, like always, and. Yeah, it seemed like the football weekend came and went really quick. It just did. Because of the late game on Saturday night, turned around 1 o'clock game on Sunday, and it's just like, what else you get? Yeah, it was just gone night. in the blink of an eye. Man, what? I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend without any like college football. There's always something to watch, man, and it's 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 dwindling down. Like you got, I mean, you got Army-Navy, but I mean, I don't usually sit and watch that game, but... It is a tough one to watch most years, isn't it? It really is. You run a little wing tee or... Uh, Everyone gets all excited about it, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I I don't, I don't think I'm a big enough actual fan of the game of football to sit and watch that game. Like, I like 
obviously I like my teams. That's kind of where, where I'm at. And if it, it's going to affect my team. So like, I, like USC, the USC game against Utah, I was able to sit down and watch that one because it, it felt like it mattered for, for, you know, Michigan. So I was kind of, especially with I'm okay play, watching yeah, those games, playoff but, implications, USC yeah. is about to join the big 10. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's worthwhile watching for sure. Yeah, so I, I don't know the army Navy. That's just a historic, you know, rivalry, right? Yeah. Like matchup game where, but it's not good football. Like I, I could sit and watch the two best teams in the state of Michigan and probably look like better football than than Army Navy, right? Oh, absolutely. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll turn it on. We'll see. I think I got a jamboree this weekend with with Easton anyway, so that that helps take up some time. Yeah, that's, <laughs> by the end of those, man, I'm exhausted. I don't know. It's running like so. Easton's and mites. So what they have are these jamborees, which is like three hours of a time slot basically, and they just split the ice into threes. And then you're in and out of these games left and right. It's just like, oh, man. And it's like herding cats, man. These kids just have so much energy. They're all over the place. Yeah, they're everywhere. But, I mean, really, I, I enjoy the jamborees probably a little bit more than the practice. Practices are a little more, like, chaotic, trying to get things, like, everybody to listen and stuff. But the, the jamborees go pretty well because it's a game, so they're all pumped to play in it. So. Yep. Um, but what we're drinking tonight um, from excited. Old Nation Brewing. Excited for this one, too. Yeah, low Orbit. Is that what it's called? Or is that Corbit? No, it's Orbit. Yeah. Orbit, yep. So it's their Session New England IPA. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Old Nation. Uh, They are in Williamson, Michigan. Um, They were built by professional brewers who had worked for Crash Breweries in Michigan and elsewhere for more than a decade. Initially conceived to make traditional styles of beer, Old Nation experienced success with the rapid growth of the New England style IPAs. Uh, This this success came wow i wrote this terribly <laughs> there gave them the ability to explore traditional style the, that success helped them get through i guess the the early stages of a brewery and now are able to um get back to to exploring different styles that they want to do um an old nation looks forward to bringing all kinds of great beer to the state of michigan for a very long time um with the successful ipa staples like m43 boss tweed and b43 they want to make a low abv ipa which gave us their full-bodied session new england ipa uh, with only 4.5 percent alcohol by volume their goal was to create that low abv that has the same aromic impact and soft mouthfeel as their higher ABV offerings that we've already mentioned. It took two years of experimenting, but it hit the shelves in late October, and here it is, low orbit. I mean, that was, I should have done better. Maybe I'll do better at the beer grades. But um, So, yeah, it's their, their Session New England IPA. Um, I mean, look, M43 is is one of our goat like we love that beer it's a great beer um I'm, i keep hearing their their advertisements on 97 one ticket a lot and they seem to be kind of i think they're the the official beer of the troy lions as well i, I think i keep hearing so that's kind of cool wow yeah so way to keep it local you know yeah exactly that's great yeah i mean anybody could have sold out to bud light or miller light but um Michel- yeah so, Ultra. exactly exactly so i mean i just so the like Old, like uh, most of their New England styles, they have that little um, reminder on the can to, to roll it or, or also pour a little bit or leave a little bit in the, the bottom of the can where the, where the sediment could happen. Um, but, hey, I poured it. It looks beautiful. The color is incredible. I cannot believe it. The, like, look at that color. That, that's impressive. 
It looks like a really flavorful beer, um, but the only but the only the four point five ABV. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Smooth. Have you had a sip yet? I did. Ooh, wow, that's good. I really, that's really good. I really like this beer, and I'm willing to sacrifice the little bit in the bottom of the can just to get to that. drink <laughs> right a great beer. Yeah. Since I didn't roll the can. I didn't read the can. I just yeah. cracked it You'll open. You'll have to man. roll the next one. You'll have to roll the next one. It's been a long week already, so yeah. I just cracked right into one. I'm actually really surprised. Like I, I think they hit it right on the – I mean, the mouthfeel is in, incredible for how light this beer is. Refreshing. So, it, yeah. This is really good. And one thing that I really like about uh, Old Nation is they took their M43 and also Boss Tweed, and they've they've added some flavors. Like I think they have like a, a strawberry Boss Tweed or M43 or something like that, and then uh, – a pineapple one I think they had at one point. I don't remember okay. if we did that one or not, but I think this one will will go really well with those, like adding some flavors into it as well, um, especially heading into the summer months, which hopefully get here soon. Well, yeah, we'll let you guys know what we thought about it. Check out Old Nation Brewing. Let them know that you heard about them on, on the podcast. But uh, before we jump into episode 184, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is closed. But a deal's a deal. We're going to keep reading, assuming they're going to open soon. Um, we don't know anything. We'll let you know as soon as we, we hear something. That's basically uh, where we're at now. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Actually, before we move on, the MLB lottery was supposed to happen at 8.30 today. Do you, I have not even paid attention to that. Sorry. Sidetracked here, but I'm like, hey, this is kind of important. Because the lottery, so this is the first year that the MLB had a lottery. Um, the Nationals, A's, and Pirates have a 16.5% chance um, of winning the lottery. Reds at 13.2. Royals at 10%. And then the Tigers kind of coming in uh, behind there at 7.5% to win the, the, the first overall pick. Um, I don't think it's actually happened yet, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that um, before we if it, if it happens to happen while we're while we're on here. But oh look at that Scott Myers! I actually ran into him. Well, I didn't run into him. Luckily, I didn't run into him because I was uh, in my car, and that would have been really bad if I ran into him. But well, uh, I was on my way to the Christmas party on Saturday, and I'm like sitting there with my wife in the car. I'm like, hey, that's Scott! Hey, that's Scott! So I like rolled down my window. I'm like, Scott! And all of a sudden, he like walked right behind a car, so he couldn't even see me. But it was just funny. And then I like we drove up, and he said hi to him, Scott. For for the for people, <laughs> I'm talking about Scott like everybody knows. So we coached together um, for a while when when Trav was also coaching with us. So oh, very yeah, nice. yeah. So I've known Scott for a while. So thanks for watching, Scott. Uh, we're gonna get into some Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit Lions played their most complete game. Under Dan Campbell, and really the most complete game I can remember since Patricia's Sunday night football win over New England Patriots. I think that was year one of his tenure. Um, I'm sure they have ha- have had a couple in there, but I, I honestly don't remember, and it's not really that big of a deal. I think the key with this was they're piggybacking off of their three-game winning streak, a good showing against the Bills, and then to do what they did against the Jags is just is, is awesome. And they were actually an underdog heading into this week, which is crazy to me. Um based on what they did. So uh, the, the they hosted the Jags as one-point underdog and destroyed them 40-14. to 14. Uh, The Lions took control of the game 
Uh, really two plays in when Deshaun Elliott forced the fumble, recovered by Alex Anzalone. They took the ball 38 yards, picked up a key third and seven, and pounded the ball into the end zone in just over three minutes. They outscored the Jags in the first quarter 14-3, and in the second quarter 9-3 to take a commanding 23-6 lead into halftime and kept rolling into the second half, um, outscoring the Jags 17-8 um, in the second half. So Goff probably had his best game as Detroit Lions going 31-41 of 41 for 340 yards and two touchdowns, no turnovers again. I think that's a real key with him as he's taking care of the football. He's making the easy throws. Just really like he spread he spread the ball around to eight different players for a 75% completion percentage and one 115.9 QB rating. Um, like where, where are you at with golf right now? Because what he's doing is so impressive to me. Is that his ceiling? Probably. And how how low <laughs> how low is his floor? I think we've seen it. I think we've seen his floor and his ceiling. That's a good. That's a good way to. to I guess say it. it's good to see him hit that ceiling. Yeah, like we've seen flashes, right? And he's got the weapons. Guys are healthy now. Uh, both running backs are running the ball well, and DJ Shark had a big game. Yeah, very nice uh, um, showing for him against his former team, which yeah. is awesome. And uh, then you know, obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Just did what he does. Yeah, so Torches teams. Shark had had five catches for ninety eight yards. A couple really big plays down the sideline that I think we've wanted to see work with him. It seems like they've just been a tad off him and Goff. Um, it was on. He was making contested catches, um, which is great. Something that we haven't seen all year, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a big part of of that. Um, Goff's kind of game, you know, because you have to have that downfield threat to open up everything else, to open up Amon Rossi Brown to have 11 catches on those dink and dunk type plays uh, that he does an incredible job of turning them into 10-yard gains, you know. Um, love that duo right now. Um, and really, I think the biggest duo that I, I'm really impressed with that, that we're learning about here is uh, the Ben Johnson-Goff duo. I feel like they're putting they're, they're working together and putting a game plan in place. It seems like game after game right now, they're putting up a ton of points. I don't have the numbers in front of me of like where they rank offensively, but they're one of the best in the league. The Lions are, and, and they, that's impressive. Yeah, they definitely were. What after week three or four, they yeah. were in top three at least. Uh, but then they kind of dropped off. Everybody else started hitting their stride though. But making up for, it, I feel like, uh, yeah, offensive execution as of late has been very like ple- pleasing and satisfying to mm-hmm. watch. Um, Honestly, it seems like the only time we don't score right now is turnovers. Like when Jim, uh, Jamal Williams fumbled against the Bills, that felt like one of the only bad drives that we came up empty against them. Yep. Um, when Goff's throwing interceptions, it's a completely different feel. I, I it's it's impressive. As long as they take care of the football, I, I expect them to score, you know, 28, 35 points for the rest of the year. Like it, it's really manageable at this point. And that's big towards the end of the season, too, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. I mean, Jacksonville's got some good defensive players. They've drafted a few in recent years, like some names that were mentioned throughout the, the game. Yeah. It's like, man, we're doing this against these guys? Like, that's, again, pretty dang impressive. And I think this is what we knew the team had in them. And I think you said kind of beforehand, like, just their biggest win. Yeah most dominant and it's like, like we're not going to get all excited that we beat the jags but the way you did it is it, that's way different than lions fans are used to like i i think if you you talk to a packers fan or a vikings fan like 
Wait, you just beat the Jags by a lot. Who who cares? Well, this is something that we don't do. Usually, we're winning games by a field goal or losing games by a field goal. And it was, I, I think somebody called it a rocking chair game. I think I heard someone say that on the radio. I was like, that's actually great. And then you just described it as you sit back in your rocking chair and you just sitting and, and soak it all in. And that's exactly what it was. It was like, I'm sitting there watching this game with Easton. And he was like, at halftime, he goes, Dad, the Lions are going to win. I'm like... Yeah, they are. <laughs> like it was that doesn't happen for the Lions. And and it was it was pretty pretty freaking cool. Another thing that I think is can't go underestimated is is what Swift does when he's healthy. Yeah. Unbelievable what what he's doing. Um it was the first time I think he looked fully healthy since early on in the year. Yep. Since probably hit, about week 2. Yep, he got 14 carries, which isn't a lot for 62 yards, which is decent, but he also had four catches for for 49 yards, so 18 touches for over 100 yards, like that's the swift that we need to to be good. And look, I, I like what Jamal Williams is doing. I think he did a great job um, filling in for when Swift wasn't healthy. And I, I'm not saying not don't give Jamal Williams touches anymore, but now it's like you have that guy back. What's the Luke? guy that the yeah. guy that can break a game yep. and and do it his way? I don't know. It's just super exciting to to see. Him getting healthy again. Yeah, I mean, just lean on him and get him in for more plays, more downs. That's mm-hmm. all. I, I think Jamal Williams is good for about eight to ten carries. I know yeah. what did he get? Eleven this game, but eleven carries for thirty-five yards. Most so. times it's down by the end zone anyway. Yeah, you know, down on the goal line. I like Swift when they got a little space to breathe there. He's a great yeah. option coming out of the backfield, or if you want to run the ball and try to set the defense up. But, yeah, good collective game for him. It's good to see him running around and being explosive again. You know, you average 12 yards a catch. Uh, that's pretty good for a running back. It really is. And, and another part is is Justin Jackson. I think with Swift out is we learned that Justin Jackson can can play this game yeah. and can be pretty good. So he only had one carry for four yards, but he had – sorry, I didn't write this down, but he had three catches for, tw- for 19 yards. So, like, another – like, <laughs> I feel like he dropped a couple too. Like, it was kind of weird, but um, – when he gets the ball, he he looks like he belongs on the field. So it's nice to f- that we discovered him, if you will, when Swift was was going through um, his issues and stuff. But I don't know. I think this offense in general, and I just I look to really the duo of Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. You have two guys that are elite in this this league. That's something that we haven't had is multiple elite players on the ice or sorry on the on the field at the same time, and that's exactly what we get here. Sorry, I was watching the Red Wings and set ice. Uh, but, no, it's super exciting to see what this what this team's uh, turning into. And then um, defensively, they held uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, to go 17-31 for 179 yards and a touchdown. Travis Etienne, uh, 13 carries for 54 yards. He had that fumble as well early on. Um, Christian Kirk, six catches for, excuse me, for 104 yards. And Evan Ingram, uh, five for 30 in the touchdown. Um this seemed everybody was heading into this game saying that the Jags discovered something. They discovered themselves uh, the week prior, or, or really the the couple weeks leading into this game, which is why they were favored. Um, and then the Lions absolutely shut them down offensively, which was great. Um, takeaways, uh, bend and not break type type stuff here um, was was awesome. It was really good, and they got pretty good pressure on them, not a ton. Um, but he's pretty mobile, so he kind of got away from it and, and moves the pocket well. I, I was really impressed with with the way that the defense not only played, but were also prepared for this this type of game. Um, what would you think about the defense side of, of this type of 
I guess when? Yeah, I. They contained, um, you know, the middle of the field. Christian Kirk burnt us a couple times for a couple long catches, yeah. right? Outside yep. of that, yeah, you look at those numbers. He's not averaging very many yards per completion. Yep. So that's telling me he's throwing the ball short of, you know, first down markers, right? Um, and we're getting some pressure on him, but also covering their their I guess their wide receiving core, uh, pretty well and shut down the run game pretty decent as well. Um, I think it was a outside again outside of a couple plays, it was a uh, a pretty solid performance. It really was Detroit defense. Yep, I agree. Um, real quick, Scott said I'm drinking the the grit aid, starting to believe in this in themselves. Talking about the Lions, you know, the drinking the Kool Aid. I agree. I think believing in themselves is probably the biggest thing. And you're seeing a team that not only believes in themselves but believes in their coaching staff, believes in their game plan. Um, and that that's a huge part of this league is when you go in believing that you have a chance to not only win but dominate a football game and you can do whatever the heck you want, that, that plays a big role in, in this in this league. And rankings too, there there's tiers of teams in the NFL we're seeing them. We're seeing teams that are complete and can dominate games and can beat anybody out on the field. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of teams that are competing for like the wild card uh, spots in, in the AFC and in the NFC. The teams that we thought that were going to take off are struggling, and like Detroit's right in the middle of that pack. Off recent history, though, Detroit's kind of in that bottom tier. Guess who's in that bottom tier with them? Historically, you know, recent years, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, right? Yeah. So to knock the doors off of them, at the very least, gives them the confidence that they're not the worst team in the league. Yeah. And we beat the snout out of a team that is in the same position as us going forward. Yeah. And has just as high of hopes as we do. Let's go beat them. Yeah, I mean, you go you go back three, four weeks, people were talking about how the Jags, the Giants, the Jets, who were kind of all in that same rebuilding time period, I still think they were actually ahead in that dry, that time, in, the, in their rebuild. But, and they were talking about how, how does Dan Campbell survive when he's getting passed by these teams that were getting new coaches at the same time. Look what he's done. People aren't saying that anymore. He went out and he beat the Giants, or they, I should say, and now he went out and beat the Jags. Like, that's – it. I'm not saying, like, beating these teams are, are something to hang your hat on. I already kind of said that. But, like, when these are the teams that you're trying to compete with to get maybe the the free agents that might believe in something, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go to a middle-tier team. Well, I'm going to go to the top middle-tier team, a guy that I think that you're seeing a little bit more of, of the – you know, belief in, in in the organization from top to bottom, in the players in general. So um, really just it, it was a dominant performance, but it was also a really clean, clean game. The Lions. All right, so I'm going to go through some of the stats here. Total yards, 437 to 266. Passing yards, 337 to 171. Rushing yards, 100 to 95. That was kind of the biggest surprise, I think, is that we didn't run the ball. Because that that looked like the game plan was we were going to throw the ball, and, and it was they just picked them apart, which was awesome. Thirty one first downs to fourteen. That's incredible. Third down conversions for Lions. Eight of twelve to the to the Jags. Three of twelve. They, the Lions didn't have to go for it on fourth down. The fourth down for for the Jags. They went three of four. Total place seventy four to fifty five. Penalties. One penalty for the Lions. It was a clean game by both teams, really. Five penalties for only 24 yards for the Jags, but one penalty for 10 yards. Man, 
This team is playing very responsible, very clean games. They're taking care of the football. They're not shooting themselves in the foot. They're not missing field goals in crucial moments. I think they kind of did in in that that Bills game, but I mean, for the most part, they're the the script has flipped because you're seeing other teams kind of do that to themselves, and the Lions are sitting there being like, eh, "We're just gonna keep keep plugging away. We're playing our game, and, and it's and it's really working." Um, time of possession: thirty six minutes and fifty seconds to twenty three minutes and ten seconds. I mean, just it was a very very dominant performance for a team that. We're not used to seeing dominate on a football field. Yeah, especially just how they held on to the ball for so long in the first half. Mm-hmm. They had long drives. They mixed in a, a solid playbook, and it's just like, man, we're really moving the ball pretty good. And I think that's where the, the first down difference, you said, 31 first downs to Jacksonville's 14. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of trips up and down the field. It is. I mean, they were – they. it was just incredible to watch. I, I've never seen – even when we had Stafford, a quarterback just pick apart a team like that. I really haven't. Like it, he, it, he was he just, made it look super easy. He was putting the ball in the right spot for guys to make those catches and get yards after catch. Yep. Um, defensively, we talked a little bit about. It. I didn't want to bring up Hutchinson. Uh, you know, he's going against a team that didn't take him first overall. I don't think he had some stellar game or anything. He did get a half sack. Um, Houston. Came out with another sack, so he's played in two games. He's got three total sacks right now. They are 1-2 in rookies, sack leaders right now. Houston in two games is second in rookie sacks. Ahead of Thibodeau, ahead of Trayvon Walker. Like That's just that's just funny. And guys we've played, you know, in the exactly. same yeah. same draft class. Yeah. Um, that's unbelievable. And I, I've heard reports, too, that the veterans on the defensive line have been wondering – when are we finally going to start this guy? Yeah. Because he is just a freak in practice. Yep. But he hasn't just, like, gone through the motions of an NFL roster, you know, and he's getting his first taste a little bit late kind of in the season. Yeah. Um, but it's great to see. Yeah, which I think I think he's only played 17 snaps in the two games, so it's not anything, like, crazy. But, like, I, I, look, Hutchinson is going to be a, a, a every down back – or every down end, if you will, for the most part. He's going to be in there. It's so nice – when you don't have Aquara, Charles Harris, the like the Aquara brothers, I should say, you don't have that other edge guy. I like Kaminsky. I like what he's doing. He's more of the every down guy. And then when you got to go get the quarterback, you bring in Houston. It's so nice to have somebody that he has one job. He doesn't care about anything else. He's just gonna go get the quarterback in the most crucial plays on third down when he needs to. It, it, it's so nice to have somebody coming in fresh, something that we've never had, I feel like, in Detroit. Well, it takes a lot of pressure off of Aiden, too. It you does. Know, it's it's going to start point. It's gonna start to draw some opposite, you know, uh, double teams, probably clips from some running backs in the backfield, but one of those guys is going to get through. Mm-hmm. If you send those two guys with two others at any quarterback in the NFL, they're going to put some pressure on yeah. them and make them make a tough throw. And you throw Lane McNeil in there, too. Um, he's causing havoc interior. Um uh, linemen so I mean it's I like what this team's doing and I I, I kind of I went into this year talking about the linebacking court and look I'm I'm not sold on what they're doing by any means I think Derek Barnes gets beat sometimes um, Malcolm Rodriguez has kind of been humbled the last several weeks since he got hurt um, but Anzalone has really stepped up the last several games um, not only is he making getting the turnovers he had an interception another uh, or he had an interception against the Bills 
Uh, did he have two almost, or maybe I, I don't know? But then he had a fumble recovery in this game. He's making plays. He's all the way around the or always around the ball. But what I think is most important that we're seeing is he's not a step behind everything. Like it seems like every time a team gets a big play early on, it was Anzalone just out of his reach and just missed the guy, just out of position, if you will. He, he's not anymore. He's he's making the tackles. He's always there. Always part of the play, and it's it's great to see. Do I think he's the answer in, at linebacker? No, but he's way better. He's doing way better than he was earlier, and way better than I thought he could. I feel like he's a guy that probably clicks really well with Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. I'm sure these guys probably throw some weights around together still, and yeah, have some conversations. They look like uh, he he's getting that mentality out of the coaching staff, yeah, and putting it on the field. He's also making just better reads on the ball. Yeah, and he's putting himself in a better position to make those tackles. Yeah, and to get his hands on a throw. Um, I, the the front seven of the Lions, I feel like, are playing way better than I imagined. Mm-hmm. I thought, Cade. Or er, sorry, gosh, Cade. <laughs> Iowa's quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa's quarterback. That's the second week in a row. I think I said his name, <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson. I thought he was going to have a little bit bigger year. Yeah. Um, he's making the plays, but the rest of the guys are kind of picking up the slack, and it's nice to see a unit go out there. Injuries, we get some guys back. Um, this defense is scary. I agree. And I like the direction it's heading. And it's nice that they're all young, too. It's the young guys doing it. Yeah. And the guys that we wanted to see produce, they, they are. They're not trending to be superstars by any means, but they're trending to be – NFL players. That's new for us. Yeah. I mean, Okuda had a pretty decent game. Um, again, Jacksonville had to lean heavy on the throw, so that makes your corners have to play a little more football than they usually do. Yep. Um, in games that might get out of reach for Detroit. So it's nice to see, yeah, even some young guys out in the secondary stepping in and filling some voids. For sure. Uh, so Carrie did comment. We, are, we already talked about where you guys were tonight. Um, but she said, Micah and I are drinking, what is it? Global, what is that word? I don't know. Global Cuville, Cuvee, Cuvalli? Cuvee. <laughs> um, from Cooper's Hawk Winery and Restaurant. They're going to, are great at now. Um, and she gave it an 8.4. Now they have to leave because it's their anniversary. So I get it. I get it. Mike, Mike will be mad if you're on it. Is that what he's? Is that what she's saying there? That's pretty good. Um, look, this team—they're—they're they're not only changing what Lions fans think; they're changing the perspective of of who they are in this league. And I think it starts right now. This week, they're favorites heading into the Vikings matchup, a ten and two Vikings team, and you're a one and a half point favorite. Yeah, you're at home. I get that. So that's the three points. But man, does does their uh, matchup earlier in their season have something to do with I'm sure this it as does. well? I'm sure it does. I wish it was a 4-30 game because Kirk Cousins Doesn't, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't do anything to us. But, um, he it's, seems to always play well at I am, too. I am very interested that they are favorite uh, Yeah, as of right now. Really, I mean, you look at it, they're, they're the favorite, obviously, heading into this week. I think currently they would probably be the underdog in uh, against the Jets. Um, the following week, but then you got Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. There's a really good chance they're favorites the rest of the way, which is unbelievable to say. This team started what was it one in six? Is that what it was? Something like that. 
I think it was around there. I I, I wish I had that in front. I should have wrote that part down. But yeah, who did they, they beat? Five and seven. They now? beat the Commanders. I think they're five and seven now. So yeah, it would be one. Were. It would be one and six. Yeah, one and six. Which is crazy that we're talking about. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's so much fun to talk about a fun football team. And it, I'm gonna say a good football team. I think I'm here. I'm ready to say they're a good football team. And it's hard not to think back to those close games that we had all season, too. Yeah. You think about some of – not all of the losses. You think of some of the losses, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're right there. Yeah, I mean, you look at the losses that we, we've that you wanted to talk about here was a close game to the Eagles, who's 10-2, and two, I believe, or something like that. Yeah. Maybe 10-1, and one, I don't know. Um, you got the, the loss to the Vikings, which was really close. Probably should have won that one. Um, and then there was uh, the Seattle game. I mean, those are three good teams. I, I, don't, I think Seattle's a little overrated, but um, time will tell. But it's like those are top teams right now in this league, three playoff teams, and you were right there, that oh, close to them. Buffalo. And the Bills, yeah, I didn't, the biggest one of them all. What was I thinking? Uh, I, I don't know. They're, they're really fun. And I, I am going to s- talk a little bit about the playoffs here. I'm going to talk about the remaining schedule. So you got the Vikings at 10-2. and two, Jets at seven and five. Then you got Carolina four and eight. Chicago three and ten. Green Bay five and eight. A lot of football to play. I get that, but you're starting to look at this. You're telling me they're going to lose all of these games? No, they're obviously not going to lose all of them. But it's like you have a reasonable argument to say why they will win these games. And that, will they win all of them? No. I get that. That's that's a pipe dream, and I'm not going to let myself start thinking that because then that's going to get really inco- uncomfortable in here. But, like, that's where I'm at with this team is they're going to go in and play really hard, and they have the talent on top of the play hard men- mentality that goes very well in this league. And I think this this game this week against the Vikings is so big to me because if you win this game, it is laid out for you the rest of the way. It's laid out to win the rest of these games. And that's when you start getting in the playoffs. Because that would finish. So let's just say that they do win out. Pipe dream, I know. What are they at? Five? They're at five and seven? Five and seven. So that would be, so the remaining five games. They'd be ten and seven after starting one and six. If they could do that. Oh my gosh, it'd be so crazy. And sneak a wild card? Sneak a wild card, maybe play the Bucks. I think they're beatable. <laughs> that would be very interesting. It'd be a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. And and it's not only the, the Lions that um, obviously matter. You're, you're going to have to have other teams fall apart. You got the 49ers who are sitting at 8-4 and four leading their division. They obviously just lost their quarterbacks. Um, they've lost two now, the Trey Lance and now uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They got Tampa, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, Arizona. Those are not the easiest games when you're using a third-string quarterback. I'm, I'm just gonna say, could they lose out? Could they go one and five the rest or one and four the rest of the way? I think that's definitely probable. You got the Giants; they're seven, four, and one, just tied the Commanders, and it's just so Lions that. The teams that you want just one of them to lose, it doesn't matter who loses, you just need a loss, they go out and tie, and that just basically erase the head-to-head that Lions have over um, both of these teams. But So you got the Giants who play the Eagles twice. They got Washington, Minnesota, and Indy. And I think Indy's the, the one that's like, yeah, that's the winnable game. The other one's like they're going to be underdogs, I think. There's a really good chance they're going to be underdogs the rest of the way outside of that Indianapolis game. 
Um, so if they win that one, they'd finish with eight eight wins with that tie. Can the Lions get to eight wins? Yeah, I think this is very probable. That's one of them right there. Then you got the Commanders, who are seven, five, and one. They got the Giants, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Dallas. Interesting path. We'll see if Dallas uh, is a where they're at weeks week eighteen if they even need a play. So I know a lot can change here, but last one is Seattle. These are the teams that I'm keeping an eye on: 49ers, Seattle, Giants, and Commanders. If the Lions are going to make the playoffs, uh, Seattle seven and five. They play Carolina, San Francisco, Kansas City. Jets and Rams. So I feel like the Seattle's the most likely to stay above us. They also have head to head over us. So it's like that's the one that you're okay with winning. Um, but then you got just really the Commanders and Giants. Like those those two teams right there are interesting. And if the if Seattle can jump ahead of the 49ers in the division, that's when you start keeping an eye on on the 49ers. So I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you, is it a pipe dream for them to make the playoffs, or do you think it's possible? I think Detroit's toughest game left on their schedule is at the Jets. Oh, really? Even outside of the the Vikings game this week? I think that. Well, I think that's their biggest game. Yeah. I think if they win that game, it's going to finish with a really nice uh, season-ending record. Yeah. I feel like, come on, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be playing that game, I right? I agree. I don't think he will. They got to be putting Jordan Love out there a little bit. Um, Carolina's garbage. Um, they just got rid of Baker, right? So yeah, uh, they just released him. PJ, he went to the Rams, actually. PJ Walker. Is, PJ Walker. Is that what they're rolling with? Yeah. I like our chances in that game. I do too. Uh, Chicago. Yeah. I, you never know which Justin Fields is going to show up, but I'm wondering if they're going to be kind of in checkout mode at that point. I don't want to say that Detroit is a a five and zero. Oh, team with their remaining schedule but they played like it this past weekend yeah if they play their a game i think they can beat anybody and knowing that we had minnesota close and now we got them at home it'd be nice to have just one loss in the division by the end of the season yep i agree it's craft beer in michigan sports we may not be the authority but we love both like a fat kid loves cake hot hot this is State of My Sports. Michigan win their second straight Big Ten title with their 43-22 win against the Purdue Boilermakers. Not Spoilermakers. Uh, this felt far from a, your typical 21-point win, uh, but Michigan wore them down on both sides of the ball and made some big plays in the second half. Uh, Michigan picked up two big third downs um, from nine yards and six yards uh, on the way to another opening drive touchdown. Uh, Purdue scored 10 straight points after that. Um, but after a crucial uh, moment is, is when Moody missed a field goal on fourth and six, but Purdue had the penalty, uh, which allowed Michigan to go for it on fourth and one and finish the drive. Um, and they went and got it, and then they finished the drive with a big uh, touchdown on third down as well. The 14-13 Michigan uh, lead at half was extended early when Donovan Edwards broke for a 60-yard run on the very first play and then finished off by Mullings uh, four plays later um, for the touchdown. Later in the game, freshman Will Johnson got his first of two interceptions at the goal line while leading 28-13, but with 10 minutes left, uh, Michigan only had led by nine when he got his second interception of the game. So it was kind of close uh, there for a bit, um, but the game really got put away after this interception. And then it led to the Ronnie Bell touchdown on third and 11 on a beautiful throw by J.J. That was just such a dart that he threw. It was 
unbelievable. Uh, he went 11 of 17 for 161 yards and three touchdowns and the interception. Um, five of those catches going to Ronnie Bell, who had 67 yards and a touchdown. Skewmaker had three uh, for 56 and a touchdown. And then Loveland, Cornelius Johnson, and Donovan Edwards each had a catch with Loveland getting the other touchdown um, for J.J. there. On the ground, Edwards led the way with 25 carries and 185 yards and a touchdown. And then Khalil Mullings had eight carries for 26 yards and two touchdowns. So it was – what did you think of that game overall? Like Michigan did not deserve to win that game by 21 points. I think you look at some of these stats that we'll go here in a bit or go through in a bit, it's like who was the better team that day is it looks like Purdue actually – controlled that game for the most part Michigan looked like they were trying to give the game away in the first half yeah now on the season they've been a really great second half team and they come out of the locker room with usually a little bit different game plan and I'm sure a nice little pep talk from somebody in the coaching staff yeah and they wear out the team they're playing so I think it's nice to see the running game continue without Blake um I had no doubts in Donovan Edwards after what he did to Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Um, I like where we're at in the backfield. It's uh, what was – yeah. Um, Mullings? Mullings. Yeah. It's nice to see him kind of run the ball. I know he threw the ball a couple weeks ago. You yeah. know? Um, <laughs> Isn't it weird? Because, like, I don't remember seeing him the entire year. And then all of a sudden he shows up in the two biggest games of the year and then he's throwing a, a pass, running the ball a couple times. Crazy. Was CJ Stokes out of the game, or did he get any snaps? I don't believe so. I, I don't remember seeing him or were, much, are, if any. Or what is Jim doing at this point? Did he know he was going to win this game? Let's go get <laughs> some other guys some reps. And I don't know what it is, man. It's, JJ throw for sixteen yards a pass <laughs> and just uh, hang out back there. You know, um, is, I this was one of the weirdest games because I'm sitting there watching it and I kind of had had the sound off and because I was at my Christmas party. Oh yeah. Um. But like I was keeping an eye on it, and it was it was obviously odd. But then obviously they took took control. And then I, I when I went to rewatch it, I was like, "How did Edwards get this many yards? It, it did not feel like he was even close to that." And all of a sudden, he ends with 185 yards, 7.4 average on 24 carries. He's literally doing exactly what Corm was doing. It's it's in. It's impressive what he's doing. And faster, he's and, running. He's running away from a lot of guys. Oh yeah, dude. This he's he's the real real deal. Nice, I like that guy. Nice little handcuff that Jim's had all year. Yeah. You know, I know. Not to poke fun at the hand, right? Yeah. He's dealing with a hand <laughs> oh, injury. Yeah. But um, just a second string. Run. Again, look. You look at some of these teams that had dominant years in college football and some of these programs, Alabama's kicked out a lot of running backs, but they've always had two guys that they could rely on because they knew they probably had three guys that are better than anybody else's number one. Yeah. Um, With somebody waiting back in the shadows. You're just waiting for your one season, right? It's it's nice to see that, yes, Michigan historically wants to run the ball. That's how they play football for as long as I've been alive. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Jim wanted to do that. It opens up things downfield. And it's nice to see anybody kind of just fill that that role. And props to Blake Corum, though, because he's the one that's probably given the offensive line the confidence that they've gained on yeah. the season. I know they're big in size. I believe they just got somebody to transfer. Yeah, the, out of Arizona the portal. State. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, look, it's – yeah, it's – I'll ride Donovan Edwards. I wish it was Blake. 
Yeah, but, I wish that we had both of them for here, sure. But here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's they're set up to keep going, and I don't really think we need to talk much about this game. No. Um, it was a collective. If you, if you watched this team, yeah, you watched that game. <laughs> Anyways, like we've seen it so many times already that that type of game, that type of win, the way that they just battled and drag it out and just beat them up. Yep. They they eventually just just win. And it's it's so crazy, um, the way they do it. Um, I think the biggest difference difference is where the two interceptions to the Michigan's one turnover, which was JJ's interception. Also, they had four sacks to nothing. Um, the big time plays in in the moment, you know, like crucial sacks. They 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 don't get crazy de- crazy defensive pressure like they were getting with Ojabo and uh, Hutchinson last year, but it's very consistent. And when it's time, they, they know how to release the dogs and, and go get them. Um, I think this team's ready. I think this team is, is really, they're focused. I was nervous about this game. Not necessarily losing it, but uh, not showing up right. and, and kind of getting caught um, looking past them. Yep. And I think to an extent they were. But then when you end it the way you did and take complete control in that second half, you win by 21 points, that's not an overlook. You know what I mean? That's a still a, bl- a complete blowout. Absolutely. Like you, in you look at what what Georgia did to LSU. What was it, fifty to twenty or fifty to thirty or something like that? Yeah, nobody saw that one coming. I mean, it was just kind of <laughs> like the same type of thing. Was it pretty? Not really, but they just had their will. They they dominated. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a conference championship game. You got the. Probably the fourth best team in the Big Ten playing the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, if if that. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, <laughs> like that's a stretch. Like that, that that might be overall record, but if you mix in the the strength of schedule of some of the other teams on you know yeah. uh, underneath Michigan, there there yeah Purdue is not they're a not team that should be competing with Michigan. Yeah, especially in that game. Um, yeah, you got to look at the playoffs. Like you had to turn this game around. You had to prove a point, and I think all of those guys are pretty confident on both sides of the ball like you said that defense that offensive line too not giving up sacks not only are they blocking the run and opening up holes Mm -hmm. they're keeping jj out of trouble yep sometimes he walks into it or runs into it uh but he's also athletic enough to expose a defense and allow his blockers to maybe set up a little bit of pressure so that he can get outside of it and have some open space to run down the field i i completely agree um I, I did. We just talk about how it didn't feel like much of a dominant game, and then you look at the stats, and it's just crazy that Purdue basically beat Michigan all over the in every single stat except for rushing yards, um, total yards four fifty six to three eighty six, passing yards three sixty six to one eighty one. Um, O'Connell did have a really good game, um, other outside of his two interceptions. 27 first downs to Michigan 17. Third down efficiency. That's something that I'm a little I'm getting a little concerned about. I'm not going to get or look at this game and get I don't think they're exposing Michigan or anything like that. I think they had every like they had everything to lose. You know what I mean? Like they were throwing everything that they could at them. Um but they were 9 of 18 on on third down uh which I guess is only fifty percent, but when you get nine first downs on third down, I think that's that's a little eye opening. Um, but Michigan took Michigan three penalties, um, and then time of possession thirty three forty two to twenty six eighteen. Just surprising that Michigan didn't 
have like all of these crazy stats. You know what I mean? Like it, it seemed like they would have eventually um, had the ball longer, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It was just, I, it's just a fun football game. I'm glad that that they got the win. Glad that they win the Big Ten again, um, and just kind of move forward to to the playoffs, right? Yeah, it was uh, efficient scoring for Michigan. Yeah, that's how good, I look at this game. Yeah, none of the numbers outside of how many points they scored with 26 minutes of possession time versus how many points Purdue scored with 33 minutes of possession, you know, and the the plays, holy cow, 84 to 55. Yeah, um, that's, yeah that's a crazy stat. So obviously that has something to do with just gaining yards at a higher clip, and I was surprised to see that Purdue had over 400 yards of offense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was just a little concerning. Nothing to, to get anything too crazy because you you saw that what Michigan did against Ohio State and you know that they can play big time talent um, and that that's that's really the one that I hang my hat on heading into the playoffs is, is still that Ohio State game and then being able to show up for this game is something to keep an eye on as well but um, really excited to to see how things keep going. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. So I put money on uh, anytime goal scorer Lucas Raymond. He got absolutely stoned earlier. Should have scored. So mad. Anyways. Yikes. Yeah. Talk some college football. So the college football playoffs are set. Um, I did want to talk just a little bit about the weekend. You know, it was, it was a fun college football weekend when you got championship, uh, uh, conference championships and stuff. So um, the chaos really started on Friday when uh, then fourth-ranked USC played Utah um, trying in the in the Pac-12 championship, trying to revenge their one their last second one-point loss to them in mid-October. USC led 17 to three, but were outscored 44 to seven the rest of the game to lose 47 to 24 which opened the door wide open for Ohio State to get back into the playoffs. Uh, the chaos then continued when number 3 undefeated TCU played K-State in the Big 12 title game and lost 31-28 to in overtime. It looks like a blowout at times, but TCU outscored Kansas State 18-7 to to finish regulation to force overtime. They were then stopped on the four, on fourth and goal from the one in overtime. Um, and then Kansas State kicked the game-winning field goal. Afterwards, um, when 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 USC lost, let's kind of go back to there. Well, thinking about OSU getting in, that was it seemed like a given at that point, right? I thought automatic. Yeah, I I I think that's fair. Do you do you agree with that or no? Yeah, I think the committee had a lot of um, Pac ten or Pac twelve. Are they still the Pac twelve? Pac twelve, yeah. Teams in the top twenty five, like they they finished the season pretty well. I think tied with the SEC for as many teams out of a conference so they I mean you I think USC had a chance to move up yeah too with a win a, yeah, bi- a big win against Utah obviously if TCU lo- loses then USC could leapfrog what the horn frogs yep but the the USC loss just guaranteed an opening for Ohio State to slide in yeah and then when TCU lost that made you start wondering all right well, are they going to drop out of the top four? Do you think they should have, or do you think it was the right decision to keep them in at, at well, keep them in the the final four? Because I could, I honestly could have gone either way. 
I, I get why they kept him in. I think the way that it laid out was was bad for the playoff committee because I don't think they believe a one-loss Big 12 team that didn't win their conference should get in ever. Like, I don't think they would ever do that. But when you had USC lose, and then really the next team in would have been Alabama with two losses, you got to go with the one-loss team that played in that extra game, played in their conference championship, happened to lose it in a close game. I think that was really the, the biggest thing was like, all right, well, we got to keep them in because they if, if they didn't have to play a conference championship, they'd be in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if Alabama had to play out and play Georgia in the conference championship, they would have had their third loss, right? Like that. I think that's a way to, to look at it. And I think that's – it's an interesting precedent I think they set here in this, this year, but I also don't want to overthink it because it's changing here in a couple of years, so I don't want to like go – way overboard on it but I, I think it was the right decision to keep TCU at least in the final four I do as well TCU like historically too has been one of those teams that's flirted with the top we'll say seven or ten at the end of the season yeah. right overall ranking we've seen times and flashes of them like carrying undefeated seasons late into the year and then oh they get snubbed because Alabama's undefeated LSU's undefeated yeah you know and the SEC weighed heavy in the top five so it's nice to see that it's not a Cincinnati getting in. Yeah. Right? No no disrespect to what Cincinnati did last year. TCU plays in a much tougher conference. I Let's agree. face it. Yep. Um it's nice to see another conference in the mix because like I see you have here listed on the show sheet SEC and Big Ten, two of them. Yeah, so that's that, what came to my mind. There, there's, there's room for that conversation and le- legitimate conversation as well. Um, but I'm so glad Alabama didn't. Slide. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, it's an interesting way to, pl- to, to put this because do I think Alabama's better than TCU? Yeah, I do. Do I think that the, f- the top four teams should get in? Yeah, I think that's, that's the ultimate goal, right? But when you have a team like Alabama who also obviously lost two games and they're close and we have all that Nick Saban stuff that's going around. Um, but you had, like, what was I going to say? Sorry, I lost my, I lost my train of thought because I thought I was like, oh, did I get those quotes or did I not? Um, but it, it's not only did they lose those two games, but they were in other close games too. And I really wonder if if TCU didn't come back Enforce overtime. Yeah, they still lost, and it's a win-loss type type program here. Like that's what you should base it on. But if it was, if it continued to spiral out of control, they didn't outscore them eighteen to seven heading into overtime to tie the game. You know, would it be different? It would be at least for the the final four, if you will. Absolutely, because it would be two teams that were in the final four going into the game, both of them getting blown out in their conference championship game. You got Ohio State who, you know, yeah, they got blown out with the same record or better than USC and TCU. Um, but they lost to the number two team. Mm-hmm. And who did you lose to? Uh, Alabama's two losses are, are what, a combined four points? Four points. So they lost to LSU and oh, who was their other loss? Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Yep, you're right. At Tennessee? I, I don't. I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah. The that's student right. section took down the the field goal. Yeah, plays. and both of those teams are great teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 
there there was room for all of that. I think eventually we're going to see a lot of Big Ten SEC national championship games. Yeah. Uh, especially when they expand the playoffs because we're going to get a guaranteed two win every year. Yeah. Right? And the I, SEC is I'm going good. to get a guaranteed two win every year. Possibly three for each, honestly. Yeah, when when it comes down to the what the at large bids that they expanded. Yeah. Um, so all in all, do you think that they got the the four teams correct? Let's start with just that that question. I do. If you look at a collective season, I do. Yeah, if I you agree. Look from start to finish, Ohio State was the best offensive team, clicking on all cylinders. Nobody was stopping them until they played Michigan at the yep. end of their season. TCU, same thing. They've done really well. They had a good record going there. Um, the the seeding positions, I think, are still up for debate. Yeah, so let's get into that. But I think they got the right four teams. I wouldn't be surprised, or I would not have been surprised if Ohio State leapfrogged the Horn Frogs yeah. to the number three seed and gave Georgia TCU. Yeah, I, I was actually shocked that they didn't. Now, in the past... They have done that for SEC teams. They made it so they aren't playing each other in that first matchup. Right. They did it last year. Yep. Is Michigan should have been one. Alabama should have been two. Georgia should have been three. Cincinnati four. That's how it should have been. But they're like, well, we can't have Georgia-Alabama 3.0. They didn't want that. They didn't want it in, in a like to, to set that up. You know what I mean? Right. Like when they have control of where these teams are going to go. They did it last year, and it hurt Michigan. I am perfectly fine with them doing it this year, not just because it benefited Michigan, but it's like, no, put that same respect on the Big Ten that you've continuously put on the SEC. And that's what I think we're starting to see here is Michigan, Ohio State are right there. Have they proven it yet and gotten over the hump and and won national titles? Uh, Yeah, obviously Ohio State has. Michigan hasn't yet, but that's what we're we're seeing here is that respect that, all right, if we're going to beat everybody – down Big Ten, I get that. We're going to take care of all of our business and then have a head-to-head matchup go one way, then respect both of us. And I love the fact that both teams got in. Look, do I want Ohio State in? No, I don't. I would much rather not have to worry about them. I would much rather them have a bunch of angry fans instead of happy fans. Yeah, I want their season to kind of be done. Yeah, (laughs) but but at the same time, for the Big Ten's sake, I'm like, good, thank you. Finally, it's it's getting a little bit of respect. We got yeah, two chances to send a team to the national championship yeah. game, and that's how it should be. Yep. Because whether it's been Michigan or Ohio State, like the uh, the playoff rankings, the the bowl matchups, and you know prior to the playoffs too, even yeah, um, have seemed to just like disfavor the Big Ten in general. Mm-hmm. And I like who Michigan drew out of the top four. I do too, and I think every I think Georgia would want TCU if they could. Absolutely. Um, but I think the biggest thing, what what I think that this this showed, is it's almost saying Ohio State, you show you need to earn another chance at Michigan. You know what I mean? Like it, as yeah. much as it's like, all right, Michigan should play TCU, blah blah blah, or Georgia should play TCU. It's more or less like, all right, Ohio State, you are the team that might not deserve to be here necessarily. Prove to us that you deserve another shot at Michigan or prove that you belong, basically. And it's not necessarily that Michigan should get the easier team or TCU should not drop to four because they played or whatever. It's more or less like, eh, we have three teams that deserve to be here. We have Ohio State. Prove it. You're going to go against the top team. 
and earn your way in. You know what I mean? Part of it, too, I think Michigan's owned Ohio State the last two years, and Michigan got owned by Georgia last year. Yeah. Now let's see where you're really at, Ohio State. Right. Go play Georgia. We did last year. Okay? Yep. They they beat Georgia. There you go. There's some respect. Now let's go do this again. Run it back. I still think I like Michigan's chances in that game. Didn't one of their wide receivers also announce that he's not playing in the playoffs? Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. So he's been fighting injuries, allegedly, a hamstring. Oh, all right. Um, He's been out most of the year. Yeah. Um, but I, when I heard I that they were, when I heard that they were in, I was like, oh, he's got more time to, to heal up. He's got three, four weeks. He's going to be ready to go. And they could and use him. And he's like, no, nope, I'm yeah. not going to play. Okay. I didn't realize he's been. Yeah. He's been out. MIA, so it's not like, but... uh, something that he's been playing or anything like that. And then all of a sudden he's going to jump out or opt out if you will. But I did want to end the, the college football conversation with the Alabama side. Do I think that they are a top four team in this country. Yes, I do. And I get, I would 100% understood if they put Alabama in, would I be pissed? Yeah, because that's just the Bama bias, if you will. It's the brand. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to talk about how pathetic it is what Nick Saban was doing during championship week where he was basically on every channel he could get on, ESPN, Fox, uh, ABC, all of CBS, like all of these channels that are talking college football, and he's out there making a pitch saying, oh, my team deserves to be in. We were only in, we lost by four points for this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. And if we didn't weren't fighting injuries and stuff like that, it, it's fine. I get, I get what he's doing. Yeah. But when you are on the record in the past of saying, if a, talking about another team that deserved to be in, that he said, hey, if you don't, Win your conference, you don't deserve to be in the national championship. He has said that. I know it's a different landscape right now, but it wasn't that long ago that he was saying. I think it was like five years ago. So it's not a completely different world yet. And here he is advocating, well, we deserve this, we deserve that, while he's been known to say it's just it makes him look bad. It's, and I love it. It's a little bit of like a recruiting tool too. Yeah. Like let – let anybody think that they're on the border of playing for one of these other teams think that we should have been there and come in with a little more aggression we'll go do it again. I think Alabama's a top four program. Program? Maybe I don't not know team? If, I don't know if they're a top four team. You know what? You're probably right with that. Yeah. And because they, they haven't proven it. They haven't beat anybody great. They've won very close games against mediocre teams. Uh, Texas was really close. They were lucky to win that game. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M, they escaped on a – Terrible play call by Kirby Smart. Um, I think it's Kirby Smart, right? That's their coach name. Or is it Jimbo Fisher? Jimbo. Jimbo. I get those two confused all the time. Kirby's over at, at Georgia. Georgia. Uh, and, and it was just like you were in – yeah, you lost a couple close games, but you also won a couple very close games as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's where – that's one thing that I was really excited to see them leave them out is because it's not only about the, the close losses, it was about the close wins, and you're not – completely dominating people the way that Bama usually does. One thing I want to bring up, it's a disgrace that Alabama at 10-2 and two is number five ahead of Tennessee, who is 10-2, and two, at number six when they beat them head-to-head. What a joke. What, what, what is that about? I would be furious if I was Tennessee. It's a joke, right? 
That has to do with Tennessee losing their quarterback. But why why does the quarterback injury like it change should, their ranking? It should have nothing to do right? with overall rankings. I'd be pissed if I was Tennessee. I would be very upset as well. You beat them at home. Alabama's this yeah, team that never loses, yeah. hardly loses, you know, and I don't know. It bothered me a little bit. Big time. Yeah. I, I didn't look at anything outside of the top four, so yeah. I don't know where everybody else fell. But. So, I mean, really, so you had, uh, obviously, we talked about the top four. One is Georgia, two, Michigan, three, TCU, four is OSU. Number five, Alabama, number six, Tennessee, Clemson at seven, which I think they're the ones that are just so mad at themselves. They are the team that would have got in over OSU, I believe. If they or, finished out their season. Or yeah. they probably would even let TCU fall out put Clemson in at three, Ohio State at four, and have some have four true blue um, juggernauts in there. Uh, Utah coming in at eight, Kansas State nine, USC at ten. Um, Penn State fell three spots from eight to 11. And didn't play. And didn't play. Huh. Just because Kansas State won and Utah won. But somehow they stay behind USC where Penn State, which don't get me wrong, I'm not going to try to defend Penn State or James Franklin, but their only two losses were to Michigan and Ohio State, two teams yeah, in the playoffs. That's a kick in the balls. I'd be pissed. That, the- that was one that they should have jumped. They should have stayed ahead of USC. They should have stayed ahead of Kansas State. They should have stayed ahead of Utah because they all have the same amount of losses but two worse teams, if you will. So, I don't know. Just a couple things that bothered me. Where did Utah start the season? I think they were four or five. I was going to say they were seven. Seven, yeah. Because you had Notre Dame up there. Yeah, so they, Clemson was up there. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to revisit. Let's revisit that next week. That's Should interesting. We? That's interesting that, well, man, they're, what? how many lo- – did they have two losses? They played USC and Utah? The- I'm going to pull it up. I, I'm pretty sure they lost twice. So yeah, they definitely lost twice, but I'm trying to remember who it was too. They obviously beat uh, USC, USC twice. Twice, yeah. Which I mean, that yeah, hang your head on that unless you unless USC's not as good as people think. I feel like they can kind of be in the conversation. Utah has three losses. Oh wow! Yeah, so they have three losses. That's incredible. Yeah, they're ahead of Penn State, so they've lost. So Utah lost to Florida <laughs> week one. Not a good football team. Uh, UCLA. They lost by 10. Uh, Oregon, they lost by 3. So that's interesting there. Uh, how many does K-State have? How many losses? Kansas State, also 3 losses ahead of Penn State with 2. Makes no sense to me. They had they lost to Tulane. Kansas State lost to Tulane. They lost to TCU and Texas. What, what in the world happened here? What was the last? Clemson. Yeah, all right. So there's no no reason to look at. But those two, three losses, why are they ahead? I'm Just gl- because you had to put them ahead of USC? I'm glad that we agree that they got the top four right. <laughs> right. Because they got a lot wrong here. Yeah. Uh, following 100%. out. And I know that that's all really that they're focused on because the rest of the bowl games are just random matchups for whatever benefits. But that's obviously a disservice to the Big Ten. A little bit. Especially if you got two teams in the top four, you got to grab the third best team in that conference and put them in there. 
yeah ahead of some of these other teams that are probably the third or fourth or fifth best team in their respective conference do um, they do they say what the the new playoff will look like is it top 16 teams I thought it was 12 is it 12 yeah so you'd have the one and two seed get a bye okay so right now you'd have TCU at three versus Washington Ohio State against Penn State. Alabama against USC. Tennessee against Kansas State. And then Clemson versus Utah. This would be some fun matchups. That's intriguing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I feel like they've – well, they ha- They just have to. College football has to do this. I agree. Um, this is a complete money grab. This is a way to uh, keep college football relevant in – an era where we're seeing young guys in other professional sports make the leap a little bit earlier and take different routes. Um, and it's just, yeah, you look at March Madness and the yeah. NFL and the NFL. Like yep. it's, it's a football thing. You're, you're competing with the number one business in the world, the NFL. I'm, I'm a, I am excited for expansion. I'm as well, but I am terrified of what it's going to do because it is, it's going to cause, way more changes. You're going to have to make changes. If you don't make changes, it's going to be a complete disaster because you're going to have teams like playing in the their their conference championships for no freaking reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get an automatic bid if you will if you win your your conference, but what does that really matter? So like would Michigan rather play Purdue and get a a chance at a bye? Or would they rather get an extra week off like Ohio State and then prepare for the matchup that they already know they're going to have? You know what I mean? Like that extra week, that extra week of rest, that extra week of prep, I think is more valuable personally when you start getting into playoff-type formats. That's why when you're playing in the NFL, buys are really important. Yeah, Michigan would get the buy, but Ohio State just got a buy too when you just beat them head-to-head. So... I don't know. Traditionalists are going to be mad about my statement here, but you're going to have to go away with the last game in, in November, last last game of the season, Michigan-Ohio State. That's going to have to change at times. That You can't always stick with that. I think conference championships are going to go bye-bye. I think divisions are going to go bye-bye. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. They're going to have to make some drastic changes to make this 12-team playoff work. Because what is it, the top four at at large – I honestly, I, I, I conference champions. I haven't dug into it quite a, enough yet. Get an automatic, something like that. Yeah. Seed and then, yeah, I don't know. It leaves room for some like mid-major colleges to slide in. Mm-hmm. But I'm worried with how it's already going and guys opting not to play in bowl games. If you expand the college playoffs yeah. and these same teams, you know, might be the twelfth seed. And don't have much of a shot to beat four teams in a row or three teams in a row, however many games, right? Three? Yeah, You'd have to three. win three? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it'd be – it's just – I don't know. With the transfer portal – everybody's trying to get to the NFL too. Yeah. So, like, what does it do to some of these recruits that don't want to finish the season out because they're focused on the draft? Maybe yeah, they've had I mean, a look at Jackson Smith and Jigba just, just walked. Yeah. With a playoff chance. <laughs> like that's a big deal, right? And that's in a fourteen playoff. Yeah, what's gonna happen? It's just I don't know. I think it's I think the idea it's it's kind of like nil. 
the 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 idea in in the transfer portal the idea of it is is right but the execution needs to be right otherwise it's going to be way wrong you know what i mean it's going to be a complete disaster and you're going to get a lot of angry teams you're going to get a lot of uh maneuvering if you will like not showing up you know yeah. like this big 10 game this big 10 championship is going to be like yeah we're going to rest some guys we're not going to show anything we're going to play safe. We're going to sit JJ at half. We're going to do this. We're going to do it. It's like, I don't want that. I want these guys to go out and play football. Is it 8 or 12? The playoff? Yeah. I would assume it's 12. It went from It makes more 12. sense to be 12. Because if you're, especially if the first two C's are going to get a bye, then 12 would be perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, like, regardless, where do you play these games? And then how do you match up teams? <sighs> Home field advantage? Like, you know, because that's how it was historically with – Bowl, bowl games, you yeah. know, the BCS bowl games at, at least. You know, you matched up conferences. You kind of did regional matchups. You did branding. You you were pushing those big marquee games in primetime football yeah. at the right time of the year. How do you – I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It is. It's going to be – It's going to change everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am kind of looking forward to it. I, I love what it's done for the NFL. Yeah. And – I'm sure the NFL is benefiting hand over fist, especially yep. with the extended season, and, and, too, mixed in And there. let's be honest, I'd much rather watch, what did I say, Washington versus TCU and Georgia or, like, Alabama versus USC, Penn, USC or Penn State or whoever it was. Yeah. I'd much rather watch that than Army-Navy. Yeah. Or the Fiesta Bowl or the, the Motor City Bowl or all these bowls that don't matter, I, I don't give a flying F about these football games. If I'm going to watch football, I want to watch a good football game. Yeah. And I talked about it earlier, like kind of to start out the show when we talked to Army Navy a little bit. It was like, no, I want to watch real football. I want to watch a good football game. Competitive. I don't, I don't just watch football because it's football. I watch good football. I watch football that matters um, in the grand scheme of things. And bowl games just simply do not matter. Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Real quick, I did find the the lottery uh, or release here for the for the an MLB. So the draft order is set, and the Detroit Tigers are at third overall. It's not a bad spot. Not to Not bad be. at all. So they're one, two, three. Four, five. They had the sixth worst record, worst record in the league, so they moved up three spots. That doesn't happen for, for Michigan teams. It's a good investment. Yeah, I'll take that all day long. We're going to get into our betting hero picks of the week. Go to bettinghero.com. If you're interested in sports betting, go to bettinghero.com. Type in code promo code MIBET. Say, hey, we live in the state of Michigan, and I want to bet on sports. And then what they'll do is lay out the best promotions available currently from all of the the top top dogs, you know, MGM, FanDuel, FoxBet, DraftKings, all of them are on there. They all are want want your money, so they're going to give away money to start. So just be responsible, but take advantage of the free money. And we will get into our picks of the week. But I want to go over our uh, results from last week. Micah went three and four, which opened up the door for a couple guys here. Fifty nine and forty five overall, still leading the way. Ryan, four and four, fifty-seven and forty-seven. So he's two behind Micah, right where you're sitting. Two after a six and two week, you are fifty-seven and forty-seven. 
Kyle had a five and three week, fifty three and fifty one, and I'm just ahead of him. I went five and three with a fifty five and forty nine record. So we all are officially over five hundred, which is awesome. And we got a tight race here. You, you, and Ryan are putting some pressure on Micah. Tie for which second, which is fun, which is really fun. I don't know. I feel like there's those weeks where I try to make picks to make up ground, and it doesn't help me. And yeah. then there's other weeks where it's like, ah, oh, I want to go against this guy, but I want to make this pick, and then he picks a different one. And look what it does. I yeah. went 6-2. and two. That's a pretty good number to hit out of eight picks. Works out good. We're going to start with the only college football game of the week. Army versus Navy. Watch it if you want. I'm not going to judge you if you don't. Navy is plus one. Kyle's taking Navy. Micah and Ryan are taking Army. John, what are you going to do here? I'll let you make your pick first, Sam, because I want to look up recent history matchups and win-loss record for both of these teams. All right, I'm going to go with Army. I think Army will win this game, and they'll cover one point. So hopefully it's a push so we all win, right? That's always fun. Navy had the longest win streak in this ma- or in this rivalry of 14 games from 2002 to 2015. I'm going to go off re- recent history. Give me Navy. Ooh, there's your chance to, to make up a game. That's our only college football. Oops. I do that way too often. <sighs> NFL. We got, we got a big NFL slate here. Start on Thursday night football. You got the Raiders at the Baker Mayfield-led Rams. Is Cooper cut back? No. All right. Rams plus six. Kyle... Micah and Ryan are taking the Raiders. What are you going to do? This has got to be a clean sweep. Give me the Raiders. Look. <sighs> Against the field, Sam. You're yeah, gonna I'm going to take the Raiders. I just don't think this is the game to try to make uh, make up. Because, look, I love taking home underdogs. That's kind of my, my go-to, which has probably hurt me a little bit more and helped me this year. But you don't have a quarterback. You don't have a wide receiver. Is Aaron Donald going to play? He missed last game. I mean, they, they were closer this week against the Seahawks, but I think the Raiders are playing really good football right now, and they're playing angry. They're playing to prove something. Motivated. So, yeah, they're, they're playing a little motivated here. Devon- so, Devonta Adams is going to torch LA. <laughs> probably. So I'm going to take – we're all taking the Raiders. Moving on to the e- – so what I did here is kind of took mostly games that will, will matter to us. Obviously, the Rams matter. We want them to continue to lose. Um, next one, we got the Eagles at the Giants. Giants plus seven. They're all taking the Eagles. John, what are you going to do? Game time? Is that a one o'clock game? I believe so, yeah. Gosh, seven points at home in the NFL? Seven points at home. Give me the Giants. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Home underdog, desperate team as well. Do I think they're going to win? No, I do not think the Giants are going to win. They're coming off a tie. But they're coming off a tie, exactly. Great point. No, I. so I, I was leaning towards Eagles because I think they figured something out with their run defense um, when they, sh- they shut down Derrick Henry pretty well. I was surprised to see that. I think the Eagles are playing better, but seven points for the home team. I'm taking it. Sorry, but I am. Moving on. Panthers at the Seahawks. Only four-point favorite. Seahawks minus four. It's, I thought this was going to be more like six and a half, seven. 
They're all taking the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a clean sweep, right? We all taking Seahawks? Yeah, give me the Hawks. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they lose. But I think they're going to win. Well, again, it's just it, it comes back to Detroit should have won that game. Yeah, that's true. Moving on to another game that matters, the 49ers game. You got the Bucks at the 49ers. 49ers minus four against the Buccaneers without Trey Lance, without Jimmy Garoppolo. Who, who, who's their quarterback now? I don't even know. I can't even think his name right now. I think it was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, right? Yeah, he was drafted. He's got a funny name, too. Yeah, I don't I know. Think. They talked about him all day on the Dan Patrick show. <laughs> of course they did. Kyle's taking the Bucks. Mike is taking the Bucks. Ryan is taking the 49ers. What are you going to do, John? Tom Brady looked awfully frustrated last night on that sideline against the New Orleans back. Saints. Until he came back and won. Oh, I know. But is this a debut? Is he going to go play for the 49ers next year? Isn't <laughs> yeah, he, maybe. He's from San Fran area. Grew up there, I believe. And I wonder, right? They got two quarterbacks that are going to be on the shelf for a little while here. My gut is telling me 49ers. They got a stout defense. They still got Kish- Christian McCaffrey. I expect Debo Samuel to play a little bit of Wildcat. Yeah. And put the pressure on the Bucks. Give me the 49ers. 49ers. All right. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the Bucks. I think their defense is too good to lose by four points. So, do I think they're going to win? I don't know. This I think this is going to be a really close game. Um, I'll take the Bucks plus four. Uh, next, we got the Dolphins at the Chargers. This one really doesn't matter that much when it comes to standings, but it's a pretty good matchup. Dolphins at the Chargers. Chargers plus three. Home underdog. Kyle's taking the Dolphins. Mike is taking the Dolphins. Ryan's taking the Dolphins. John, what are you doing? I'm going with your three, the home underdog. Give me the Chargers. Chargers. I think they're going to start to get a little bit more healthy, and Justin Herbert has a lot more to prove. And Tua has been struggling a little bit lately. So this is – I agree. uh, You're going from East Coast all the way to the West Coast. I think it's similar uh, environmental conditions and weather. But I like the Chargers at home. They're a I tough team. I like the Chargers, too. I think the Dolphins are starting to slow down a little bit. I don't like the Chargers. I think they're they're very underwhelming. But they're very, very desperate right now. Desperate teams in this type, type of situation will at least show up and probably cover that three points. I, I'm shocked that they're a three-point underdog. I'm very shocked by that one. Um, last but not least, you got the Vikings at the Lions. Lions minus one and a half. That's Vegas. That's Vegas. Yeah, that's Vegas telling you it's going to end on a game-winning field goal, right? (laughs) Right. One way or the other. Who's going to kick the field goal? (laughs) Coin flip, right? Or is there going to be a safety in there? Uh, uh, Somebody's going to snap the punt over the punter's head. Yeah. Something weird's going to happen in this game. So Kyle and Ryan are taking the Lions. Micah, the Packers fan he is, is taking the Vikings. Which I guess, I don't know why I said that, because he probably hates the Vikings just as much as the Lions. I don't know. But he's taking the Vikings. What are you going to do, John? I think he's secretly a Kirk Cousins fan. Closet Kirk Cousins? I I do. I think he wants Kirk to come to Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers retires. Prove me wrong, Mike. I'm just kidding. Comment if you're... I (laughs) I really don't think he is. He's a Sparty. We all know how Micah feels. (laughs) <laughs> this is tough. any team by a billion, right? This is tough. I wish Detroit had like a little bit bigger number next to their name. Yeah, one point five favorites at home. I love it. I just I keep 
I've looked at it so many times just because I love it so much. Yeah, I think they're going to win this game straight up. And in order to do so, they're going to win by more than one point. One would think, right? Give me the Lions. I think they're going to win this game 33 to 21. That's a nice win. It's a nice win. All right, I think the Lions are going to win as well. I think they're going to win 35-28. So you're taking the Lions. I am. They're not going to win by one. They're going to win by a lot. And then... At least one and a half possessions. And then this time next week, I am sorry, but I am going to be full staff. Lions playoffs. I'm not, and I will be worried about who they're playing round one because they're going to be the most dangerous team heading into the playoffs as well. I'm not worried about like Dan being on the hot seat at this point, right? He's turned this team around. Yep, and he's won games that he should have won. There were some questionable calls, and we can talk about coaching and some of those losses. I get it, but the players got to win the game at the end of the day. This could be a huge win for Dan Campbell and for that whole entire organization. Yeah, I think this, this is like beating the Packers in Aaron Rodgers' glory days mm-hmm. when we didn't have a chance in hell. But we got a chance, and we got an offense that can hang with this team. I'm really looking forward to this game. I cannot it's a wait big for game. this game. I cannot wait for this football game. It's going to be so much fun. Going into the season, I thought Detroit was going to split with Green Bay or Minnesota and sweep Chicago. But if we can get this one and have all that confidence going into the end of the season and get both of Chicago and Green Bay, then... Yeah, I mean, that would be a 5-1 and one in division. I think that's a victory in itself on the season. They could have been 5-12 and 12 on the year, or 5-10. 5-12. 5-12. and 5-12. Yeah, 5-12. Right, 17 games, yeah. right? If they went 5-1 in the division, I'd hang my hat on it. Yep. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. But if they do that 5-1, and one, we know what that means. That means they're a playoff team and they're not finishing 5-12. This is... This is a massive, massive football game. Absolutely. And it's it's a prove-yourself game. Darius Slay did it, right? He shut down Justin Jefferson in their first matchup. Akuda. Akuda, sorry. Gosh, You're Slay. Good. No, yeah. Slay shut us down. And Jefferson down against yeah, he did. the Eagles. <laughs> I think he did, yeah. I think I'm thinking of that game yeah. more than uh, – Well, and I think that's what it's going to be, a replication of that game. I think Detroit's going to control this one. I think they can. I really do. I think the matchup is there, and I think we saw it that with the first time we played them, is that we are competitive, and I think we're better than we were then. I think we're more structured. We're better uh, in the secondary. Uh, and it's, I don't know, I, I think, I'm really excited. Missing the safety, but Corey Joseph has stepped up. Yeah, Joseph has been I mean, he's legit. For a late, right? Late I think round? He's fourth round fourth pick. Fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, and I, know. I think... I don't. I just feel like our offense is clicking very well right now. Josh Reynolds has stepped in. Khalif Raymond's playing good. We got four weapons at wide receiver, and if we can get any production out of our backfield, I think that'll be the true test against this Minnesota team. Yep, I agree. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Carrie said Micah does hate the Vikings more than the Lions. So take that for what it is. 
because they matter more usually. I knew that. But this will be the last year that that's I was the just, case. I was just teasing you, Micah. When the Lions make the playoffs, win a playoff game this year, and then go into next year as the division favorites, I think the tide will turn and he will hate the Lions. And we'll still have a good draft Lions. pick, right? We'll have two good draft. Well, yeah, one. I mean, we'll be... Yeah, two, second overall. Two first-round picks. Yeah, second overall and 32nd like, overall, right? Or 30 for 31 overall. So we win, win the Super Bowl? Or is that too far? Am I, go, am I taking this too far? 32 would, I think, be the Super Bowl. It would be 31 because Dolphins do not have a first-round draft pick. Oh, okay. It was forfeited, so 31. Back-to-back years that they're the last pick of the first round. <laughs> It's good luck, right? <laughs> good juju. We are drinking from Old Nation Brewing, part of their New Orthodox India Pale Ale Series, Low Orbit. It's their Session New England IPA, 4.5% alcohol by volume, 60 IBUs. Um, it has malt, pills, wheat, oat, rice, dry hop, cryo, laurel, cryo cascade, they boil hops and tenial Columbus cat so many hops. There's so many hops in this thing. It's insane. Old Nation Brewing Company or Brewing Brewery. Old Nation Brewing is in Williamston, Michigan. Um, and they basically just struck gold. They they did the New England style better than anybody that I've ever had. Um, and really took advantage of that New England style craze when it was going and you know, they they've they've taking that and run by getting back to the roots of of different styles and and i mean this is a obviously new england style ipa so it's not out of their um comfort zone here but uh i, I think this is an incredible beer i really do it's incredible that they have the same m43 type flavor at this percentage of alcohol it it, it blows my mind honestly because it has so much flavor, the mouthfeel is exactly how they describe it. It's it's incredible. What do you think of this beer? Delicious. Yeah. This might be one of the best beers I've had on the podcast. Yeah. And it the, is really good. In the bottom right corner, it says haze is good. Yeah. Is this like considered a hazy? Like it's it's on that line. It's, oh yeah. It's, it's on that line. Well, it's a New England, so like the New England is that that hazy style. Yeah. Maybe a little bit lighter. Maybe I don't know. There's. The it's definitely lighter than than a normal New England style. The flavors there, but it doesn't hang around. It doesn't hang around long. Some, That's fair. Sometimes yeah. you get into some IPAs, and it's just like I got to wait for it to go away before I can take another sip. Yeah. All this right. does, but it's still like it's got that punch. And it's so light and refreshing. It's arguably the best IPA I've ever sipped, and I could drink this year-round. Really? I could drink this out ice fishing. I love it. I could drink this on the golf course. I could sip on it around a campfire. Yeah. And I'm going to keep my eye out for it and get some. (laughs) You're going to get some of this? Watch some uh, season-ending football, sipping on a couple of these on a Saturday or a Sunday. It's a really, really good beer. This is a great beer yeah I, i'm right there with you this is an incredible beer i'm kind of mad that ryan and mike aren't here to a enjoy this but also like tell us what they think about it yeah see yeah. where it hits on their scale yeah i that's a great this I, is incredible we're gonna have to revisit this one at some point i think we should i think we should actually go 
to to Old Nation. That's Old Nation. I really want to reach out to them and try to get an episode there. That's just like outside of Lansing, isn't it? I believe it? so. Williams yeah, thing? so it'd be like an hour drive probably yeah, or something like that. Not that bad. Not too bad. We could do that on a Tuesday night. I wonder if they got some food there. I don't know. We should check it out. I know Micah and Carrie went there okay. before. We were going to go there on the way home from the uh, Michigan-Illinois game that we went to. Uh, we, we hit uh, Heartland Brewing Company first. Uh, had a great time. We know the brewer pretty good. Do you remember Aaron Reed? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's the head brewer there. Yep. Um. So we hung out there for a while. It was actually their their uh, two year anniversary. Wow. I, I believe. Um. So we had a good time there, and then the snowstorm was just insane. Oh. We were gonna stop at uh at New or oh my gosh, what, I was about to say New Holland. Uh, old Nation. Old Nation. Um. But the weather just got too bad, so we we weren't able to do that. But we do got to give this this beer great. We've said it's great. How great. I got a number. I'm going to write my number down. All right. I got my number down, and I want you to tell me yours. I gave the double hutch 9.7 in honor of Aiden Hutchinson's (laughs) jersey number. This should be higher than that. But you can't. Yeah, I, I get it. Nine, nine, five. Woo. Nine, five. I am not kidding. And look out, Miller Lite <laughs> and Bush Light sales. Really? This is going to be your... Because you're going to start losing some from this poor old boy. I will spend the extra dollar. This is look, great. Uh, no, that's awesome. I, I love it. I, I went with a 9.1. Okay. I agree. It is an incredible beer. It's definitely a nine scale beer. Yep. I 100%. percent Hundred percent. Going off a long day of work, and maybe it's just like <laughs> maybe this me a is a little bit better than it should. A Big Ten championship, a Lions domination that might have a lot to do with it, but but this no, this tastes this incredible. is arguably a top three beer that I've had on the podcast. Yeah, and it could easily be number one, kind of like Michigan in the We're, college playoff yeah. rankings. We are gonna have to revisit this one. We really do have to. That is great. Shout out to Old Nation. That they is do an incredible great, job. Solid light drinking beer. I'm not going to feel any ill effects yeah. from this. If I had ten of these, I'd probably start feeling pretty oh, bad. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like any other beer that I could potentially have ten of. Yep. But I'm going to have ten more of these. Yeah, someday. Not tonight. Not tonight. No, we're, Come we're on. done for the night. Come on. We're done for the night. What do you take me as? <laughs> no, this is great. I'm pumped. Thank you for. Uh, Picking some of these up. This yeah, is a solid no, pick. I I was so like I said, I've been listening to ninety seven on the ticket. They talk a lot about Old Nation. Um, they've been talking about this this beer in particular. Uh, they also came out with a new one. I I can't remember the name of it right now. I swear they were on Lions Radio on uh, yeah, Sunday. I think they are the official beer of the Detroit Lions. That's incredible. I'm pretty sure. So, well, this don't quote me it. on that. But this proves it. Yeah, this is maybe Lions, good. maybe Detroit Lions Radio. Maybe that's probably what it is. Because yeah. I don't think they're, you know, probably not inside with, the building or anything like that. Ford's got a connection with somebody. Yeah, yeah, you're probably hungry. Right. Howie's Pizza but and probably Coors Light or something. <laughs> something like that, right? Um, but Old Nation, if if you're listening, we're we're available. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is incredible beer. And they were at the Wine, Beer, and Food Festival. Really? Did, did you go list. there or no? I Do did, you remember? Hit- and I had the and. F- I actually went with the B43. Love the B43. I'm a big M43 fan, don't get me wrong. Me too. B43 hit the spot. That was I love the how dry it is. That was a delicious poured beer. It is a really good beer. I remember I did that one. 
I think it was around episode like 120 or something like that. Okay. Loved it. I yeah. went through like a dry, dry PA type type style beers there for a little bit. During that time, I was like, these are so good. I feel like I was on an episode or maybe stopped in for an episode when M43 was being passed around. Was it? There. Okay. And it might have been a mixed bag of like a couple different beers. All right. Maybe not all from Old Nation. Was it like the, the M43 strawberry maybe? Or no? I thought it was the OG, the original. Was it? Yeah. So like the very, I think the first beer Kyle did, I think it was episode one or maybe two. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but he did Boss Tweed because that's been his favorite for a long, long time. Okay. So I remember actually the first time I, I had M43, Trav brought it over to oh, my house. Nice. Like it was my old house. And he goes, dude, I was just at the beer store like, try that beer. And then he brought it over and we just drank it and it was old. like it was it literally changed our lives. Yeah. Because it was our first taste of New England style IPA. Right. And it was like, Oh my goodness, this is incredible. And I've loved that beer ever since. That's been one of my favorite beers. I think this one might be right there because the all of the flavor, not as much alcohol, not as much hurt, if you will. Right. Not as filling. Yeah. So much lighter. Um Yeah, can't talk. I mean, go get it yourself because this is incredible. It's, it really is. Um, don't take our word for it, but I guess you should, right? That's kind of the point of this podcast. No, take our word for yeah, it. Take it our is word for really, it. Go, really go good, get it. and I am going to drink more. So you better get yours before I buy it all. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're trying to say. Seriously, Siciliano's was getting low already. but That was episode 184. A lot of fun. Thank you. Very much for being here. Absolutely, recording man. with me. It's good to be back. Thank you all for watching live. Thank you all we, for listening after the fact. We picked six of the eight games the same, so we got two on the line. Sam. Perfect. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. Of my sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.